Well, as we like to on Monday mornings, we want to touch base with our friends at Cranes Detroit Business. And this interview is brought to you by Taft Law, a modern law firm with over 800 attorneys throughout the Midwest and the District of Columbia. Learn more at taftlaw.com. You know, when you've been watching what's been happening on the markets, uh, the talk about interest rates, this is going to be a very consequential end of the year. And the beginning of the year in Detroit is going to be a lot, bring a lot of interesting things as well. Uh, we ring in Mickey Chikilo, who is executive editor of Crane's Detroit Business and Crane's Grand Rapids Business, uh, filling in for Mike Lee this morning. Mickey, good morning. Hey, good morning, Guy. How are you today? We're good. You know, it's kind of dangerous business trying to predict what's going to be happening in the new year. But you can point to some things that are very predictable and they're exciting. Yeah, well, you know, Mike, uh, he's taking the week off, but he left us a gift. <laughs> and that was um, he put together a 10 things to watch uh, in 2024. This is part of uh, a specialty publication we put out called The Book, where uh, it's got a lot of our data and so forth in it. But also we've got this special feature of, of 10 items to look look forward to in 2024. You're right. A lot of them might be uh, predictable, but, you know, uh, we're just kind of trying to project ahead here. Um, you know, number one on the list is, you know, we're looking at the substantial completion of some big years long projects Ford's Michigan Central Station um, uh, should be coming online sometime in the spring. The exact date has not been uh, said yet, but, you know, probably around May ish is what, you know, the word uh, seems to be. And then, of course, Dan Gilbert's uh, tower, you know, at the Hudson site uh, uh, should be close you know we can all see it kind of coming together right now and, and that's really exciting as well so that's just one of the items on on that list um talk about the michigan state university board of trustees the documents the larry nasser documents they've released them to the ag yeah uh thanks jamie um so right so the board finally after months and months of of um pressure uh from from the public and others uh, has um, uh, voted uh, Friday morning. You know the, the language was quote to release, but it's not. They're not publicly available yet. They're they're turning over documents in the Larry Nasser sex scandal uh, to Attorney General Dana Nessel's office. Um, you know the university uh, board had held off doing this, uh, citing attorney-client privilege. Um, there had been some litigation. Uh, between MSU and its insurers to help pay for the $500 million settlement between MSU and the victims of Larry Nassar's abuse. Um, those lawsuits are, are, you know, taken care of, and, and that essentially removed the last hurdle, according to the board chair, um, to turn over some of these documents. Now, uh, you know, the university's general counsel is still going through them, um, they could still be subject to some redactions, but but this seems to be a pretty significant step. Finally, uh, you know the the victims for years, you know, are, are been calling for transparency and to to find out exactly, you know, what MSU knew and when. And so this this is a pretty significant step along that path. Not the end of the story, I'm sure, but but a pretty significant step. Do we know what is it they hope to learn, whether there was additional culpability? And if there is, are there any liability consequences to that? Or has that all been settled? Well, I, yeah, I mean, that's that's the big question, I think, Guy, that we don't know because, you know, uh, we don't know what we don't know. Um, but that's, you know, the victims uh, are, are, you know, they want transparency. They want to know what Michigan State knew when they knew it. You know, uh, they employed Dr. Nasser for years and years. 
And so, um, you know, I guess, you know, over time, you know, we, we will find out, they will find out eventually, you know, what exactly was known by the university and at, at what point. We got playoff football, perhaps coming back to the Motor City. We got our fingers crossed. We're cheering for the Eagles temporarily tonight. <laughs> um, but the, the Q line and the People Mover could both be a part of that. And we're learning a little bit more about their fair structure and their future. Yeah, yeah. Well, what a great win Saturday night, too, and hoping for another win uh, this coming weekend against Minnesota. Yeah, uh, some significant news, um, uh, seemingly, uh, involving the Q line, which is that the Regional Transit Authority uh, unveiled a proposal late last week uh, for the the RTA to um, take over control of the Q line. Now, it's not far from a done deal, but but they're, they're examining this, they're looking into this, and what we thought was somewhat significant was this came just a couple of weeks after Dan Gilbert in a, in a, a Detroit Free Press breakfast series where he was doing a, a one-on-one interview talked about kind of re-elevated the importance of, of mass transit in the Detroit region. He talked about its importance with young people, uh, Gen Z, millennials, you know, who brag about not owning cars and they want to ride mass transit. So, and he talked about, you know, gee, just imagine if, you know, uh, you know, the Q line went uh, all the way north, you know, Woodward to Royal Oak and beyond or went out to uh, Metro Airport. And then suddenly, you know, or maybe not so suddenly, but, you know, from a public standpoint, it seems somewhat sudden. Kind of out of the blue, this this proposal comes from the RTA. That um, could be interesting to see if you know if, if the Q line could be developed further, which was uh, you know kind of in the original plans. Uh, and then, uh, meanwhile, yes, I heard um, the discussion earlier uh, uh, here on WJR, you know, about the the people mover being uh, free of charge in 2024. It seems like maybe you know, I mean, <laughs> as we all know, fits and starts about mass transit Metro Detroit. But one of the things that was interesting with what I heard Gilbert saying was rather than going for the the full Christmas tree, to use an analogy, you know, the big enchilada, you know, think about it in in, in doable chunks and smart, doable chunks like out to Metro Airport, something like that, that could make sense and be doable and not fall, collapse under its own weight of a gigantic, you know, proposal with new taxes and so forth. Mickey Jakaila, we thank you so much for the headlines this morning and the look ahead. Ten things to watch in 2024, and you can find that in Crane's Detroit business. Have a great week. Thanks, Guy. You too. Take care. You know, the other thing, one of the big questions that we had, Jamie, going into this year was how Dan Gilbert was doing and whether he would be as active and as impactful as he had. But that question has been answered with what he's doing at Henry Ford and the Tower. We're hearing from him more and more, which is good news. Yes, and that shows that he's strong and engaged. When we come back... Matthew Schneider on the Rudy Giuliani verdict.